No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Way back, baby. Thank you for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to a Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again. I hope you had a lovely day. I certainly did. As usual, so much to get through, so little time. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, there was no show yesterday. <clears throat> Had to do some family things. Had to drive people around. Coffee talk with Sandra with the diamond. Oh, I missed you too. Thank you for the diamond. UK Neil with the diamond. Thank you so much. If you'd like to leave a tip during tonight's show, the best way to do so would be to head to dlive.tv slash boogiebumper or you can use the link down below, streamlabs.com slash boogiebumper. Thank you for joining us. I hope we find you well on this Wednesday night. Of course, as always, the recommended drink, cheap box wine, tonight's recommended snack, bland brand no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast for your Wednesday night. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Woo! So good to be back. I miss JJ Stoner, fascist hippie. Apologies to JJ Stoner. I miss JJ. I miss Daywave. Um, it was a pretty hectic day for me yesterday. I didn't get any sleep. So um, when I would normally be up, I was asleep. And when I'd normally be asleep, I was asleep. I ended up sleeping like fucking nine hours, just bang, because I hadn't slept for 48 hours before that. So, And I never sleep that long. Never. So <clears throat> the body was obviously trying to tell me something. It was one of those things. So I woke up fresh, but with no prep because I didn't get a chance to prep for today, yesterday. So we'll see how we go. I've got some stuff. I've got some things that we can show you. Got some things for you today. Um, if you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to tell me about your day, then you can do so. By following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper, ladies and gentlemen. Winning TV. Thank you for the diamond winning TV. He says, JJ last night, now I'm really corrupted. <laughs> Coffee talk with Sandra. Thank you for the diamond. Awesome. Here's to great sleep. Well, it happens once in a blue moon for me. So I'm normally like a three three hours at a time kind of guy. And if I sleep six hours in a day, I, I do it in shifts. So I'll sleep at three hours at one part of the day and then get up, do things, and then go back to bed later on and sleep another three hours and go to work and all that stuff. So um, it was nice, but I woke up after like nine hours really tired. More tired than if I just sleep three hours. So it's one of those things. But anyway, enough about me. <clears throat> We've got important matters to deal with, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, the clock is ticking. Time is running out for you to get on the end of an authentic Daily Boogie glass dildo, ladies and gentlemen. There it is from Evil Ian. There is a tweet. If you go to my timeline, at Boogie Bumper on Twitter, the pinned tweet at the top, if you are a booger, if you're a subscriber to the DLive channel, then respond to that tweet with your DLive name and we will be drawing this little sucker, this little bad boy, this little piece of glass fun, nine inches of freedom right here. We will be drawing it on Friday night at 6 p.m., a special Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen. 
Have a look at this. Get some boogie in your bumper hole. Get your laughing gear around an authentic, one-of-a-kind, daily boogie glass dildo, ladies and gentlemen. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So you got to be in it to win it, and it's got to be in you to, to uh, work. So head to my timeline, at the Daily Boogie, uh, pardon me, at Boogie Bumper, uh, the pin tweet. Respond with your DLive name. Make sure you are a booger, and you can get in on this action, ladies and gentlemen. The Daily Boogie. Um, Friday night. You do have to be, you will have to be in the chat. I'm debating whether or not I should see if I draw it. What they do in Radio Land is um, they give the person like, you know, a minute or two to call in if they read their name out. So I'm wondering, should it just be if you're in the chat when we do the draw? Or should I give people like 60 seconds to get in the chat? You know what I mean? Because then if your friend wins, Poppy Lane's Twitter was nuked. Oh, no, Poppy. You'll have to make a new account then, mate. <laughs> the only I can't make special rules for people. That's not fair. That's the condition. If you want to win the Daily Boogie dildo, you have to reply to that tweet on my timeline with your DLive name if you are a subscriber to the DLive channel. So should I um, should I make it so it's just people in the chat or should I give people like 60 seconds and put a countdown clock up or something? And say, you know, okay, you've got 60 seconds. So if you're friends with the person who's won the dildo, you can get in touch and say, quick, 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 you've got 60 seconds. Get in there or you're not going to get your dildo. <laughs> which should make for some fun emails and text messages for your loved ones to read, I think. So I don't know. What do you think? Should we just give it to people who are in the chat? Or should we should we give them a chance to come in? No need to thank me, Hamburg. Well, it's up to you. I'm not sure. Five-minute window. That's a big window, man. Andrew Jackson on YouTube reckons we should give people five minutes. 10 seconds says fuck. <laughs> Maybe we can meet in the middle between 10 seconds and five minutes somewhere, perhaps. I don't know. We'll see. Do it however. Okay. I'll decide on Friday night then whether we give people a chance or whether we say, fuck them. You've got to be in the chat. Because it wouldn't be fair to the people who are in the chat. But then again, it wouldn't be fair to people who have entered. So I don't know. I don't know what to do. Uh, old Lady Stoner, two minutes, you reckon? All right. Well, you can win the, you win yourself the authentic, one-of-a-kind glass daily boogie dildo, ladies and gentlemen. Here is the pin tweet, just in case you are a slow learner. That's what it looks like. Coffee Talk with Sandra with the diamond says, fuck them. Fuck them. She, she reckons if you've got to be in the chat. So, I don't know. I'll figure it out. We'll see what we decide to do. And just one more quick shill while I've got you. If you want to get yourself some Daily Boogie merch, uh, UK Neil said he's already got his shirt, by the way, so I don't know how that works. I haven't even got mine yet. <laughs> I don't think I'm getting mine for like another two weeks. So if you want to get yourself a Daily Boogie shirt or a sticker or a hoodie or some leggings, some yoga pants, if you want a little boogie on your booty, then head to teespring.com slash stores slash boogie bumper. Get your boogie bumper merch. Get your apparel, Daily Boogie apparel, ladies and gentlemen. So much to get through, so little time. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, I am an Australian. Shock horror, if you didn't know that already. I am an Australian from the great land down under. And as an Australian from the great land down under, mixing and moving in the kinds of circles that I mix and move in 
I'm quite often taunted with when it comes to war, my opinions on war and uh, international conflicts are not valid because of the 4chan meme, which is very well known, uh, that Australians lost the war against the emus. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. My, my great land of Australia had a war against the emus and the emus won. And this has been a source of uh, mockery. This has been a source of fun and laughter for the Americans that I know, for the even for the Britbongs. They all laugh <coughs> that we lost the emus, lost to the emus. And I've been trying to tell people, don't count out the emus. They are vicious. They are fast. They can peck. They don't even fly. They are really a one-of-a-kind breed. So imagine my joy when I came across this story, ladies and gentlemen. For all of you who have made the emu war jokes over the last five or six years, from your, from your relative safety, your relative comfort of the United States, where you have no deadly animals, really. You have a grizzly bear, but who gives a fuck about them? You have no really deadly snakes, deadly spiders... Not everything in America is trying to kill you like it is here. So you really can't contemplate the deadliness and the warlike nature of the emu. It comes straight out of hell. Well, I've got good news. I've got fantastic news. Because the emus are bringing the fucking war to your shores, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, ye of mockery. Have a look at this. Emu found wandering loose in Washington State Park. Bum, bum, bum. That's right. You're going to have your own emu war. The emus are bringing the war right to your doorstep. They have invaded. <laughs> and they are on the loose. Let's have a look. Cheap in here. We the are emu invasion right has begun. The peaceful... Well, when the video starts playing it well, what the hell is this? Oh, my goodness. Uh, video unavailable? You motherfuckers. Come on now. I know it's available. I watched it. Show me this damn video. Let's go. Hey everybody, Grace Chape in here. We are just right now here coming across the Peaceful Valley sign. As you can see, we are continuing to track this emu. We do have some people here in the parking lot also looking to get some. It's, it's emu. Bug eaters with the diamond. Thank you for joining us, sir. My aunt used to raise emus in Nebraska, so she knows exactly how deadly they are. She would know how dangerous these emus are. See, if you're one of, if you're one of these internet trolls... <laughs> who likes to talk about, oh, the Australians lost the emu war, you're about to find out. You're about to fucking find out how vicious these things can be. Some pictures of the emu. The invasion we has the begun. Stacey with Fish and Wildlife, and she said that you should not... It's the electric emu boogaloo, ladies and gentlemen. ...approaching the emu. Um, typically, they aren't dangerous, but... Emu. Not emu. It's not a cow. It's emu. You get it right. This is a source. If you disrespect the emu, they are going to peck your eyes out. So you 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 address the emu the way it likes to be addressed. Emu, not emu. With any big animal, big bird, you know, you, know, you never know. You don't want to get too close because it could peck is. you. So she said. Oh, you are, you are in a world of pain, young lady. To definitely 
keep your distance, which of course is. That emu will rip the tires right off that fucking car. Make no mistake about it. Is the concern right now with there being multiple people gathered? Yeah, yeah. Down you better here. be concerned. You better step off, bitch. At this point in time, but as you can see, emu right there, on the loose. On the loose. Uh, seem to think that there might be an owner out there somewhere when it comes to this emu. So Fish and Wildlife has been notified. Again, we're here in peace. Fish and Wildlife, you better bring the goddamn military to take this thing down. You think the emus can take down the, the proud military of a nation like, an, like Australia, known as the best desert fighters on planet Earth, ladies and gentlemen? Training the special forces of other nations how to fight desert warfare? You think you can, someone from the park centre? You think a park ranger is prepared for the hell, for the nightmarish, demon-like uh, aggressiveness of the hellish emu, ladies and gentlemen? Of course not. Walking into a world of pain. Static Void, Alfred Hitchcock warned us about this. Civil Valley just off of Riverside and Clark, People's Park. There he um, is. At this Look point at in time. Keep your distance. Well, Keep your distance. Get your cheese, man. Thanks for the sub, Connor. Be good. Continuing Terrifying. to keep a close eye on this guy right here, Fish and Wildlife, is going to be on their way to the scene here. Fish and Wildlife is going to have their asses handed to them. In the meantime, you can see... They're not prepared. That's an awfully big bird. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is, bitch. She's trying to track it. I would get the hell away while you still can. While you can still walk. I don't know if there's anything else worth watching in this video. Again, we've gone ahead and walked oh, okay. out on the trail here by the entrance to People's Park. For those of you just stay was it a left back there? He doesn't even have a gun. They are completely unprepared for this. That was the emu. That was Walker. Trying to want to make sure that they There it is. There it is. are aware. There's an Did did he just try to There's an emu in the park. Oh my god. Why don't you tell everybody about it, huh? But did he just try to call out to the emu by going, hello? What does he expect to happen? <laughs> hey, how you doing? How you's going? Yeah, I'm just an emu out here minding my own fucking business. What are you doing? Get away from me. Why are you up my ass, mate? Want to make sure that they hey, guys. are hey, guys. aware. <laughs> it's a static void. It's okay. I speak emu. Sure there is, you crazy bitch. <laughs> That's the thing about emus too. They're experts in stealth. They are the they are the special forces of the bird world, ladies and gentlemen. That's how they won the emu war in Australia. Looks like we do have some people. And to this day, we're still ruled over by the emus. Here, the emu is... Checking out, heading toward the water at this point. She fancies herself an emu hunter, I think. 
She's about to learn. She's about to find out. They did a nice job of staying calm. Again, we do want to remind everyone that if you come... Try to remain calm, everybody. We want to remind everybody, don't approach the emu. Don't do what I'm doing on the video right now. Do the opposite. Run. Run for your life. Come across the emu. You want to give it plenty of space. Mm. She's some kind of expert. There or is, of course, a chance that you will be pecked if you do get yes. too close to the emu, but... There's not a chance. It's a probability. Supposedly, emus aren't typically too dangerous. <laughs> oh, contraire, my dear. Au contraire, young lady. The deadly emu stories, war stories of the deadly emu, the viciousness of the emu have spread far and wide across my sunburnt land. Children go to bed saying prayers that the emus will not storm their bedroom during the night. Parents tell their children, when you go outside, be careful for the emus. Watch out for the emus. They defeated us in the Great Emu Wars. They are not to be messed with. God, I hope, God, I hope this thing charges at her and just fucking starts pecking her eyes out, don't you? See this one? Nothing personal, babe. I just want to see it on tape. Just. I want to see that classic thing where the, the camera drops to the ground, but it just hits at the right angle just to see her feet, like, kicking in the air as she's laying on her back. No, no, my God. Going out for a lovely stroll. Come charging at her. Luke, you have to ask yourself, are emus like dogs when they run away? Can they tell which way is home? <laughs> Let me tell you something, sweetheart. The emu's home is wherever it wants to be. Wherever the emu is, that's home. And if you've got a problem with that, try fighting the emu. You'll soon find out. The truth is, folks, we just, we don't really know. But the emu has stopped there. See, it's hiding, it's hiding in the shrubs. It's hiding in the scrub for the sneak attack. God, don't you want to just see it come charging out of that long grass? In the brush, right on the other side of that, we have water continuing. I think that the emu's gotten to a dead end. It does appear to be a dead end. Although, it is now going into the water. It is in the water. It, the emu has entered the water. They can swim. Again, for those of you that are just with us, our journey began in Highbridge Park. Headed They're basically amphibious special forces. Across the street to People's Park. We have notified fish and wildlife, and that is why we're keeping an eye on the emu's location. <laughs> There, as it looks God like it's getting thank, thank you for your service. Out of the water. We just definitely want to make sure that Fish and Wildlife is aware of the situation. I'm telling you, you need to send tanks. You need to send battle tanks for the deadly, vicious emu. bird that we certainly are not used to seeing every day. There you go. We'll get used to it, bitch. Because the emus, having defeated the Australian forces, are now turning their attention to you. Captain Hedgeman with the diamond says, couldn't get so lucky for a Karen attack. No, unfortunately not.
Karen got away with it. UK Neil with a diamond says, I get the feeling she's royally fucked, emu style. No, unfortunately, it just peters out. It just peters out. But like I said, if you're not used to seeing emus wandering around your national parks, get used to it. Because having defeated our military, they've now turned their attention to the United States. And you're pretty much done for. If coronavirus doesn't kill you, if the economy crashing doesn't kill you, if illegal immigration doesn't kill you, then the emu, the horde of emu mercenaries most certainly will. One day the emus will rule the world, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Let's stick with Australia just for a moment. As you know, I like to keep you updated on what's happening down here. We touched on it on Monday. Apparently, Apparently some of the restrictions are being lifted. Yay. Yay. I was very jealous of Mersh, by the way. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. Mersh was able to go out to his favourite little sort of bar, restaurant, grill, whatever, and get himself a steak and a cold beer poured. We we aren't at that level yet, unfortunately. Um, when we get to that level, you may not see me for a week. I may just fucking disappear from the internet. <laughs> I would murder all of you for a sip of cold tap poured a pint of cold tap poured beer right now. Make no mistake about it. I would blow this entire show right up. I would I would I would cancel my career just for one small sip of that sweet, sweet nectar. Oh God, I can taste it now. So we aren't at that stage yet, but good news, it's coming, apparently. Working from home could soon come to an end with the Prime Minister pushing the Premiers to relax restrictions to get employees back in the office. How it will happen will be discussed by the nation's leaders tomorrow (laughs) as New South Wales recorded just one new infection. (laughs) One. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Consider this. I live in a city of about 4 million people in a state of around just less than 6 million people. 6 million people. One infection. One. In a 24-hour period. And we ask our Premier, which is essentially like the Governor, uh, hey, can we go back to work now? Can we go to the bars now? Can we, you know, go and get a steak and a beer now, please? Is that all right? Can we do that? I don't think so. It's too soon. Do you fucking believe it? <laughs> and remember, at the start of this, when we were saying on this show, you know, once you give people this power, it's very, very difficult to get it back, right? And I had people in the chat room going, you're, you're crazy, bro. You're crazy. It's only temporary. It's only temporary until we can wipe this thing out, until we can get on top of this thing. Well, I mean, one person, like, is that not good enough? Okay, if that's not good enough, we have to get down to zero. How long do we have to be at zero infections then before we're allowed out again? Because I asked the question yes on Monday. I keep saying yesterday. On Monday. Remember, if not now, then when? If not now, then when? There's always going to be a chance that somebody can spread some kind of viral infection. There's always going to be a chance that people spread bacteria. There's always going to be a chance that somebody can get sick. So if not now, then when? We've had one person get sick in a 24-hour period in a state of 6 million people. Not good enough. (laughs) Not good enough. Unfucking believable 
Desert Cat with a diamond. Thank you so much for joining us. Boogie, I'll buy you a keg if you wrestle an emu. Deal. Deal. <laughs> you see, I'm a veteran of the Great Emu War. <laughs> I, t- I told myself I would never go back to that dark place. You know, we were young. We were brave. We were brash. Coffee Talk with Sandra with the Diamond. Thanks to all the mummers. You know, I remember the emu wars. I promised myself I'd never talk about it ever again. The kids who came after us, they had no idea what they were getting into. I remember one night we were out in the desert in the Northern Territory. In my platoon, we'd heard rumours that there was a squad of emus around, hiding in the bushes around the outside of our of our bakes and our barracks there. But we didn't believe it. Winning TV with a diamond. I will take half a keg to do the job. Well, we all thought we could do the job that night. A lot of us didn't come home. Still to this day when I go to sleep, feathers, beaks, talons and blood is all I ever see. I'm on medication. And those boys, those poor boys. (laughs) Jimmy was just a kid. He was only 18. He lost both his legs in the Amy War. (laughs) He'll never be the same again. Those birds, they were vicious. They took no prisoners. We weren't prepared. Even my dog's fucking freaked out by it. You can hear that. (laughs) UK Neil with the Diamond Boogie War Stories from the front lines. So one confirmed case in the last 24 hours in the last 24 hours in a state of 6 million people. Let's see how it progresses. How do we get back to normal, ladies and gentlemen? In this corona crisis, just one new case in New South Wales just one. is a big win. It also heaps on the pressure to start opening us back up. We're definitely heading in the right direction to get... Heading in the right direction. <laughs> this, is how, this is how politicians do it, right? Politics is all about managing expectations. They can shut... They can shut the country down in a three-day period. But then to reverse, to hand back the ridiculous powers that they've taken for themselves takes weeks and weeks and weeks, right? Oh, you have to mount pressure on. Why? There was no pressure to close the country down in the first place. You just invented that. And now we have to heat pressure. Now we have to beg for our lives back. Isn't it funny how that fucking works? Get a bit of normality back in our lives. A bit of normality. Let's hear about this bit of normality, shall we? The Prime Minister believes there's no longer a reason for people to be working from home. So why are we still at home? Hand sanitizer, empty desks and space between staff, all part of the guidelines National Cabinet <laughs> will look at tomorrow. See this? This is the thing that I'm starting to get my head around. And I don't like it. Things like plastic screens when you go to the store. Things like having the fucking space separator on the floor when you go to the supermarket. 
things like uh, at the office, you have to be six feet apart, hand sanitizer everywhere. They're going to try and make this permanent. Because think of the like the psychological damage that's been done to people over the last three months. Think of all the rules that have been put in place. It's going to be very, very difficult for people to just think, okay, it's over. Let's go back to normal, right? Let's take all of the fucking shit down. Let's stop with the separation stuff. Let's stop uh, people lining up out the front of the Home Depot. Let's get rid of all that and let's just go back to normal. It's going to be so difficult for people to switch back into that mode. Most people won't. Most people have now been trained to accept this as normal. The social tracing fucking apps that the governments are putting out, that's going to be normal. The drones flying around, keeping people apart, that's going to be normal now. People have already been programmed to accept that as the new reality. So getting back to where we were before this kind of stuff is going to be nigh on fucking impossible. People are begging for this shit. To allow businesses to order employees back to the office. It's very important. We're working very hard to make sure that we restart Australia. Gladys Berejiklian, though, is more cautious. <laughs> There's unlikely to be any further changes this week. Of the 5,500 tests done in 24 hours, a seven-year-old boy from Warragamba Public School was found with the virus. Oh, shut it all down! Shut it all down! We found one seven-year-old who has it. We need to close everything. Stop everything! Do you know what's funny to me? I was thinking about this yesterday, and it's so obvious, right? Of course, it'll just go by the wayside. But it's so obvious. But think of all the people who are saying that the whole country needs to be shut down, the whole economy needs to be shut down, nobody can go outside. What, what about... So think of, like, terrorism, right? You remember the famous line from the mayor of London? Terrorism is just part of living in a big city. You're just going to have to get used to it, right? Something like that. Essentially, that's what he said. Terrorism's just part of living in a big city. But apparently, <laughs> potentially spreading like viral infections is not part of living in a big city. No, no, that, that's something completely foreign to us. That's completely alien concept that we must not allow, right? Now, if governments came out after a terrorist attack and said, that's it, everybody needs to be locked in their homes, because if everybody's locked in their homes and there's curfews on the streets and nobody's allowed outside... It's very difficult to get away with, you know, terrorist attacks because you have to go outside for most of them, right? Thank you, UK Neil in the chat. Terrorism is part and parcel of living in a city. Part of parcel in living in a big city like London. Thank you, Foggy. But apparently, right, getting sick is not. That's different. So we need to change the rules for that. What about other crimes like drink driving, for example, murder, right? Illegal immigration. That's all just part of living in a big country. That's all, just all part of living in the modern world. But sickness? No, sorry. Lock everyone in their homes for months. We played the clip on Monday of the guy saying that we should be locked in our homes for two years. And see, I, like, I'm not even really conspiratorial in this, but... It's shit like that, that that leads me down that road. Because for every other ill that um, incompetent politicians force upon their countries, right? For every other fuck up, 
They just want to wash their hands. Well, there's nothing we can do. Stop complaining. Stop being a fucking, stop being a white nationalist, right? Stop being a racist. It's just part of living in a big city. But for this one specifically, for this epidemic specifically, no, no, no. We need to change. We need to upend society's norms in, a, in an instant like that. We need to program you to behave differently. Why? Why is this one different? And then, of course, I'll say, well, it's just conspiratorial. You can't be so conspiratorial and stuff. You're making it easy for people to turn to the conspiracy side of this discussion through your actions. Again, repeat, one person confirmed infected in 24 hours in a state of 6 million people. Oh, no, we're not going to change anything for at least another week. Maybe two weeks. Maybe it might be fucking three months. Who knows? You can't go back to work yet. Sorry, kids. So what was the point of the lockdown then? What was the point? If we if we're getting no if nobody's getting sick, why were we why are we not allowed out yet? Oh, well, because when we let you out, people will start getting sick again. Great. So that, does that mean we have to stay inside then forever? Right? If not now, then when? The school closed, now undergoing a deep clean. Small <laughs> outbreaks like this will become a consequence of easing restrictions. I anticipate it will happen more frequently. Universities want in on the relaxation action too, chasing a timeline for when international students can re-enter the country. We're certainly very keen to see international education uh, vibrantly underway again. <laughs> it's these fuckers' fault that we have the problem in the first place. Remember on this show, we were talking about it. They, they refused to close the airports, ladies and gentlemen. They refused. <clears throat> they said, we can't close... Am I, am I mind fucking up a little bit? They said, we can't close the airports to international students. Well, they didn't even say that. They were letting thousands of people come in daily from the infected area in China. They were saying, there's nothing to worry about here. Stop being a conspiracy theorist. This, this, is, this is a nothing burger, right? And we were saying, close the airports now. Do it now. No, no, no. We had to let people keep coming in, thousands by the day, because the international student market is the third biggest industry in this country. It's worth billions of dollars to us. The day that universities went back, right? The day that universities started their, their previous semester, they closed the airports. So they let every, all of the students come back in, the majority of which come from China. They let them all back in, then they closed the airports. And then a week, two weeks, three weeks later, oh, it seems that there's this coronavirus thing spreading around. It seems that the pamphlets, the pamphlets weren't stopping it. Now we have to put all of you in quarantine. So they made their billions, then they put us in lockdown, and now they're like, well, we really need those students back again. <laughs> It's a circus. It's a complete circus. And you have every right to be cynical of it. And just in the context alone of Sydney, yep. it is worth billions of dollars a year. There you go. Education is our third biggest export. There you behind go. There you go. <laughs> These people in the corporate press and politicians are predictable like fucking sunrise.
winning TV with a diamond. But think about the children, Nana and Pop Pop. Think about Nana and Pop Pop and the children. Oh, well, somebody, please think of the children. And <laughs> coal and iron ore. Around a quarter of a million students enrolled in Australian universities are stuck overseas right now. Stuck overseas? <laughs> They're stuck there. They're stuck there. They're stuck in their original country. They're stuck in the country that is written on their fucking passport. Oh, my God. Can we rescue them, please? Listen to the language being used here. They're stuck overseas in their home country. Oh, the horror. Now, give me the federal a break. government is looking at a plan to give them exemptions from the travel ban. <laughs> They're not even hiding it. They're not even hiding it. <laughs> Unfucking believable. Have, have we not been vindicated now on this program? When we said the reason that they're keeping the airports open is because specifically because of the student uh, market, because it's the third biggest industry. That's the only reason that they're not closing the airports because it's worth too much money. People were saying, nah, it's bullshit. There's nothing going on here. Have a pamphlet. The pamphlet will solve your problems. Stop being a conspiracy theorist. And, and now they're just openly saying, no, nobody else can travel except for the people who are paying us billions of dollars to come here. They can. They can come here. Again, the majority of them come from China. So when they talk about shit like, oh, there's going to be reinfections, when they talk about shit like a second wave, they are openly showing you right here that they do not care about that stuff. They could not care less. They will fly jumbo jets in from Wuhan on the reg. They will load people up from the wet market onto a plane and drop them off in Sydney. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Travel ban exemption <laughs> for the people who are paying us enough. And for all you suckers out there who are like, oh, the government's protecting us. The government's doing what they can. They're keeping us safe. How do you explain this? How do you explain this? They don't care about you. They don't care if you're healthy. They don't care if you're going well. They don't give a fuck. Because everything is a balance. And when given the option between billions of dollars and your nana, they will take the money. They will step over your nana while she's coughing up blood to take the money. Every time. So stop with this bullshit about, oh, they're protecting us. They love us. They're keeping us safe. You are living in a fantasy world. Quarantine in hotels for two weeks and then go to uni. Yeah. But opening the borders for anyone is risky. We it's will risky. look at what plans uh, we can put in place for international students. But yep. at the moment, obviously, our borders are closed. Mm. It's a little bit premature to consider what other steps we will take. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> They'll consider all of it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. <clears throat> I want to introduce you to this guy. This guy is on Sky News in Australia. Uh, his name is Peter Gleason. I don't know where he's from. I don't know what his previous life was. I don't care. 
So he's on cable news here. This is essentially like, it's kind of like Fox News, if you want, in Australia. I know Sky News in the UK is very different to Sky News in Australia. So Sky News is on Foxtel here, and Foxtel is owned by Rupert Murdoch. So it's kind of like they're more Fox Newsy than they are um, left-wing like they are in the UK. It's very different, even though it's the same branding. So Peter Gleeson... <laughs> Wait until you hear this fucking guy. So now the Prime Minister, after saying that we all need to be locked up in our homes, that we all need to have our data tracked by the government, that we're closing the borders down, great, I get it. Keeping us safe. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. After all of that, uh, now the Premiers don't want to let people out. Right Now the Premiers are saying, well, we've had one case in the last 24 hours, but that's not good enough. Let's not rush into this. For the people, we've watched the videos, right? The riot police chasing people off the beach. We've seen people getting arrested for eating pizza in their own car. We've seen people getting fined by the police for posting Facebook, uh, posting pictures on Facebook of holidays they took two years ago. The police just show up and give you a fine because they're now patrolling Facebook to see if you're uploading images of you having a good time outside, believe it or not. After all of these things that we've been covering on this program over the last couple of months, this guy says they're not going hard enough. <laughs> this guy says that the police and the government are not being harsh enough with people who want to exercise their basic civil liberties. Have a listen to this. First up, uh, it's discomforting to see scenes like we did last night at Burley Beach. Um, Lisa and the voice. First up, it's uncomfortable to see scenes like we saw last night at Burley Beach. <laughs> it's always these fucking nerdy nerdy, weaselly, whiny. Yeah, it's so uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable to see people in Burley Beach. <laughs> it's the people who were bullied in high school. It's the bedwetters. It's the hanky suckers, right? Oh, it makes me so uncomfortable. First up, uh, it's... Dis Listen to it! <laughs> First up, uh, it's discomforting to see scenes like yeah. we did last night at Burley Beach yep. after the country has come so far with its coronavirus social distancing. Oh, we've come so we've come so far. Congratulations, Australia. You're so good at following the rules. Yay. You've come so far. I'm so very proud of you. Congratulations, Australia. Appearances. Surely we need to take a zero tolerance approach to <laughs> We need to take a zero tolerance approach. Who's going to take the zero-tolerance approach? Is it you? Are you going to enforce these bullshit rules? Are you the guy that's going to be tackling people to the ground and throwing them in cuffs? Are you the guy that's going to be handing fines to business owners who are losing their fucking homes and their businesses? Are you the guy that's going to be chasing people off the beach? Are you the guy that's going to be arresting people and fining people and doing the fucking patrols? Of course not. We need to take a zero-tolerance approach. Who the fuck is we? <laughs> You're a whiny guy on television. You're not doing anything. You're not doing shit, mate. We need to take a zero. Surely we need to take a zero-tolerance approach. <laughs> zero-tolerance? Who the fuck are you? Social distancing adherences. Listen to this. Surely we need to take a zero tolerance approach to any breach of social distancing rules right now. And I'm really? the first to acknowledge yeah. that in some states, particularly Victoria, mm. there's been overreach. 
<laughs> so he admits that there's been overreach, but we're not going far enough. <laughs> These people are fucking stupid. Look, we need to take a zero-tolerance approach to anybody who's breaching the rules, but in some cases, the rules are too extreme. Uh, what the fuck do you want? He has no idea what his opinion is. But we've come this far. We've come so we far. blow it now. We can't blow Burley Beach the fuck and the surrounding about? parklands yeah. must be closed for another month. Oh, that's hard to spot <laughs> Why? The beach must be closed for another month. Just like no argument, no explanation. I just decided. I just decided. Burnley Beach needs to be closed for another month. It must be closed for another month okay. until we emerge safely from coronavirus. Nobody. Repeat. We've had one person get sick in the last 24 hours. One person. Not good enough for these people. Not good enough. I can begrudge that people want to spend an evening with loved ones or friends under the stars. Look at it. Look at these dangerous criminals, one of the huh? Most beautiful landmarks in Queensland. Look at these horrible, dangerous fools. But as usual, look at these horrible Australians doing Australian things, like sitting in the sun. <laughs> the one percenters <laughs> have gotten in the way. The one percenters have gotten in the way. Just like you've got idiot footballers running around, there are some people who are either too dumb to realise they're breaching... Oh, you're a smart guy. Laws, you're the smart guy. Or even guy. worse, they're doing it on purpose. So while picnics and gatherings... Remember, this footage made... He, he said, he, he admitted himself, this makes me uncomfortable. This. Seeing this here. Happy people are milling about, Right. People enjoying their time in the sun. People sitting calmly on blankets in the sun, right? Eating, drinking. But as usual, quietly the one chatting. The one percenters are ruining it for everybody. It's like you've got idiot footballers running around. Fucking unreal. There are some people who are either too dumb to realise they're breaching social distancing laws, <laughs> or even worse, they're doing it on purpose. They're doing it so on while purpose. And gatherings- I went outside on purpose today. <gasps> Shoot him. Arrest him. We need to take a zero-tolerance approach. <laughs> Maybe this would appeal to this guy. If we're talking about zero-tolerance approaches, uh, Rodrigo Duterte from the Philippines, ladies and gentlemen, have a listen to... This is what zero-tolerance looks like, okay? Lemon Tree with a Diamond says, I love your humour. Well, thank you. There's a first time for everything. This is how uh, Rodrigo Duterte deals with people who are breaking the coronavirus rules. This, if we're going to do zero tolerance, this is what zero tolerance has to look like. My orders are sa police, pati military. The military. Pati mga barangay. Napagkag- if there is any trouble or occasions where there's violence. Ginulo at nagkaroon ng okasyon na lumaban. At and, your ninyo, li- and your lives are in danger. Shoot, Shoot them dead. Them dead. <laughs> <laughs> Zero tolerance, huh? Zero tolerance. If you see anybody out on the beach and they give you any problems, 
if they refuse to be locked up in their own domiciles, shoot them dead. (laughs) (laughs) Rodrigo Duterte, ladies and gentlemen. That is a zero-tolerance approach right there. Now, at least with Duterte, you believe it. At least based Rodrigo Duterte... KB, thank you for joining us. KB with the diamond says, classic symptoms of a vitamin D deficiency. <laughs> At least with base Duterte, you know that he means it. Contrast that with this guy. Eh, we need to take a zero tolerance approach. This makes me so uncomfortable. We need to lock them up for a month. The one for setters. Just like you've got idiot footballers. It's the male around. version of Karen. There are some people who are either too dumb, too dumb. to realise they're breaching such they're rules. They're breaching the rules. They're too worse, dumb. They're doing it on purpose. So while picnics and gatherings are allowed, they are permitted with members of your household or with one other person. Fuck and it. social distancing rules apply. Now, it's clear from last night's scenes that many... It is a bureaucrat's wet dream, all of this shit. Never say to a bureaucrat, never say to a public servant working in like the health department or something, hey, can you come up with a whole list of rules for people to follow? They will go hog wild. This is their dream scenario. To say, come up with a whole list of rules for how people should interact. They will be frothing at the mouth. Okay, okay, so this is what we've come up with. People can picnic, but only on a sunny day between the hours of 3pm and 5pm. They are only allowed to picnic with members of their immediate household. You must have two blankets, no more than two people per blanket, and you need to be sitting at opposite ends of the blanket. We've made allowances for one person, one extra person, not in the household to show up, but they must be in a lawn chair, which must be green, which specifically must not be made of biodegradable materials, and they need to be sitting precisely 7.2 feet away from the third, the second blanket and the picnic basket. Not 7.1, not 7.2. But 7.2. Thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? Good to see you. Gypsy, don't forget. Friday night. We're on Friday night. You can have cocktails. Everyone, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please pressure Gypsy into joining us on Friday night for cocktails. <laughs> Gypsy wants a Friday night show. This will be the second Friday night show we're doing now. You have to be here. Our great friend, friend of the program, one of the OG listeners, ladies and gentlemen, Gypsy. Thank you for joining us. So if you give these public servants an opportunity to write up all of these regulations and rules for how to live your life, they will take that. They will take that opportunity time after time after time. Many people simply ignored those rules. Police- <laughs> people simply ignored the bullshit rules. How dare they? <laughs> we need a zero intolerance approach. Shoot them dead. Arena Carroll said it displayed a blatant and reckless disregard. Reckless disregard. <laughs> look at this, look at this blatant and reckless disregard. <laughs> Anyone would think that they were throwing fucking chairs through shop windows. Anyone would think they were throwing Molotov cocktails into Starbucks, right? <laughs> Just normal people casually enjoying the sun, sitting on a park bench, This blatant disregard. This makes me uncomfortable. These disgusting criminals, don't they understand? We need a zero tolerance approach. It's it's like we're living in two different fucking universes here. Unbelievable. For me, I'm I'm far more skeptical and far more fearful 
of government overreach than I am of fucking Nan and Pop wandering around in the sun. You know what I mean? That worries me far more. The government can do far more damage to my life than uh, you can when you go to a park and sit down on a blanket and have a picnic. Sorry. So no, we, we should all take a zero tolerance approach to government overreach. That would be nice. If, if one of these commentators on cable news could say that, that would be a start. No, actually, I don't think having drones flying around surveilling people 24 hours a day is a good fucking idea. If, if we could just get one person to say that, it would be a start, but pff, good luck finding it. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. You're on the Daily Boogie. Uh, one, one more, one more uh, story from Australia. This was sent through by Fascist Hippie. Because we don't spend enough time dealing with the victims, ladies and gentlemen, of coronavirus. I'm not talking about the people who have died. I'm talking about the still living victims. The people who are missing out. We've we've touched a little bit on the people who are out of work now. I mean, my, me personally, my work situation has changed. My work's been cut in half. But I'm not complaining about it. I'm, I'm happy to actually still have a job. If it's one day a week, I'll be like, yep, no worries, boss. Thank you so much. Because I'm not an idiot. <laughs> so... What about the other victims, ladies and gentlemen? Not the shop owners, not the employees, not the regular blue-collar workers, the peasants, of which I am one. What about the online influencers, ladies and gentlemen? This was sent through by Fascist Hippie. Gold Coast influencer cries as coronavirus affects her income from OnlyFans. Oh. 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 <coughs> Pardon me. A Gold Coast influencer has broken down. Um, how can I describe girls from the Gold Coast? Girls from the Gold Coast, if you're in the UK, it would be like girls from Essex. And if you're from the US, girls from the Gold Coast would be like Jersey Shore. <laughs> okay. That's, that's kind of what we're dealing with here when it comes to geographical stereotypes in this country. Gold Coast girls are like Jersey Shore. A Gold Coast influencer has broken down in tears, saying the pandemic has caused her to lose her source of income and, quote, she can't do anything else. Hasn't even tried. <laughs> Learned a code, huh? An X-rated influencer, so she doesn't even do, like, lipstick or handbag reviews or something. It's just porn. That's all she does. That's the only thing she knows how to do. She hasn't really thought forward in her career. Because by the time she gets to like her early 40s, I would tend to think that uh, much like her overused lady parts, the money is going to start to dry up. An X-rated influencer has broken down after losing income from the coronavirus pandemic, saying widespread job losses have affected her own income and she has no other talent. Do you hear what this bitch is saying? She's saying because other people have lost their jobs, they no longer have the money to give her money to shake her groove thing on camera for them. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair let everybody go back to work so they can spend their money on me <laughs> holy cow in a tearful video uploaded to social media platform tiktok which appears to be tiktok seems to be um the sewer of the internet lately 
the influencer who goes by the name Billy Beaver said she's been shedding followers on premium subscriber platform OnlyFans since the outbreak of the coronavirus. She says the loss of income meant she can't pay rent anymore. Ah. And look, like I'm not a prude, right? I, I don't care how you make your money. If this, if if you can make money doing this and getting people to pay for it, fine. I don't even fucking care. It's not my problem. If you want to do this, if you want to have this on the internet, if you want to be like, if this is your career, then fucking all the power to it, all the power to you, babe. I don't care, honestly. Good luck to you. But when it starts to, you know, when it starts to dry up, um, I'm sorry. It's not our problem. It's not my problem. The tears don't change a damn thing. OnlyFans is a subscription content platform that charges users for premium content, including photos and videos. Ms. Beaver, who has more than 113,000 followers on Instagram. Where's the money you saved up? I don't have 113,000 followers on Instagram. I'm not starving to death. She said she didn't want to talk about it because it's so humiliating and stuff. See, this is the modern world in a nutshell. Her losing OnlyFans subscribers is humiliating. She doesn't want to talk about the subscribers that she's losing because that's humiliating. Her putting things in her vagina on the internet is not humiliating. That's empowering. But losing subscribers because people are losing their jobs, that's the humiliating part. (laughs) I don't want to talk about how many followers I've lost on Instagram because it's embarrassing. Now, here's a video of me sitting on a two-litre bottle of Coke. (laughs) By the way, if you'd like to win the Daily Boogie glass dildo, which we'll be drawing on Friday, nice segue, huh? Uh, head to twitter.com slash boogie bumper. The pin tweet on my timeline. You have to be a subscriber on the DLive channel. Become a booger and then uh, reply to that tweet with your DLive name and you will go in the draw to win the one-of-a-kind official 1,000 celebration daily boogie glass dildo, ladies and gentlemen. Made by the very talented Evil Ian. Like, I'm losing subscribers on OnlyFans. Like, my main source of income. Like, I can't pay rent anymore. Let's Let's see what this girl has to say for herself. Let's go straight to the source. Oh, come on, where's my volume here? Why do I have no, oh, hang on. Close down as well, I was. Yes, it's, it's, it's loud, it should be good. I can't like work and like, and even if I was to go back to work, like what am I supposed to do? Like go work at the strip club, which they, they're all closed down as well. Yeah. They're all closed, like all the strip clubs are closed. Like yeah. you can't even be fucking, close to somebody but the social distancing so I and I have like I've got nothing else going for me like I have no other talent like I've got nothing else I can't dance I can't sing (laughs) I can't dance I can't talk only thing about me is the way I walk see it didn't stop Phil Collins from making a career for himself he couldn't dance he couldn't talk he still made millions Selling albums, so don't give up yet, sweetheart. Don't give up yet. I can't do anything, so like I don't understand. Like what I'm supposed to do. Uh, no, see, sorry, I don't have any sympathy. You know why? Because it's bullshit. 
I can't do anything. Yes, you can. You just don't want to. That's the problem. <laughs> Captain Hedger with the diamond. Thank you so much. Ha <laughs> ha. Thought Collins. <laughs> Phil Collins needs to be celebrated. He made a career despite having no talent. He's amazing. Uh, this is a problem. She can do other things. She just doesn't want to. Because why? Because she's become accustomed to, you know, getting them titties out and shaking that ass on uh, OnlyFans and having thirsty guys hand over money for it. It's a very, very easy way to make money. Sorry. She could she could clean toilets. She could be a cleaner. She could do she could do any number of jobs. Any number of jobs are out there for people with no education. The government in this country will actually help you find, they will put you in a job. If you go down to like the government department and say, I have no talents, they will even pay for a fucking education for you at like community college, believe it or not. What is she like, 21? (laughs) I can't do anything else. That's okay. You've got plenty of time. You've got plenty of time. Here, do an accounting, do an accounting fucking course. Now you can use a calculator. Off you go. Here, here, learn how to be a hairdresser. Learn how to be a florist. Do something. <clears throat> There's always prostitution, says Master of Blackjack. <laughs> so no, I can't I can't strip and I can't uh, make money on OnlyFans. She's still making money though, but just not enough to make the rent. And the fucking tears flow. Excuse me while I pull out my little violin. Fuck me. And you, I think the worst part for her has to be this. If you think about it, before the coronavirus, right, there would have been less girls doing what she does. Ring I would the suspect, bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, Rock in America. I would suspect that there are more girls doing this now. You know what I mean? Just as a hunch. And I would suspect that the audience is bigger as well because people aren't going to work. How many stories have we gone through on this show dealing with like, oh, here's the best way to masturbate with a cucumber at home. Here's the best way to uh, fix your horniness while you're in lockdown. Like, it's just constant like, oh, here's how you pleasure yourself at home, right? (laughs) We've done a heap of these articles and laughed at them. So... The, the market share, the pool is actually bigger for potential customers right now. And she's losing money. So the subtext to this is there's more competition in the space and she ain't as good as what she thought she was. People are unsubscribing to her and probably subscribing to other people. Because now it's flooded the space, right? Now there's more people doing what she does. There's bigger audiences and she's losing. So she's discovered, hey, maybe I'm not that good at this. And that's the terrifying part. That's the scary part. Because the one thing that she thought she was good at, she's now finding out she ain't that hot. Sorry, girl, you ain't that hot. So maybe she needs to double down. (laughs) Maybe she needs to go more extreme. Maybe she needs to put a little effort in. Maybe she needs to try a little harder. There's an old saying, ladies and gentlemen, When life gets you down, don't get bitter, get better. (laughs) That's right. Kitty B, I bet she is overvaluing herself. Right. Drop the the subscription price. Make it a little more affordable. You've got to learn how market forces work. You've got to compete. 
you're gonna have to you're gonna have to sing for your supper now, sweetheart. I'm sorry, but that's how it goes. Welcome to capitalism. Just because we're all locked up in our homes doesn't mean that you don't need to figure out how this shit works. So, <clears throat> with that, ladies and gentlemen, I will take a quick five minute break. We'll be back very shortly. You're listening to The Daily Boogie. Please stick around after the show. Got much more fun stuff to get through. Uh, Don't forget, if you want to win the glass dildo, become a subscriber on DLive and then head to my pinned tweet at Boogie Bumper on Twitter. Uh, We'll be back in five minutes. Thank you for joining us. See you soon. your novelty comedy songs organic handmade with painstaking care put into every note well look no further than irrational times using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later irrational times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level new songs and sketches every week So check it out. the J.J. Stoner Spring Collection, the perfect attire for any and every occasion you can think of this season. Like we are in the mosh pit full of sweat and everyone's slapping, hitting, and pulling on you. This shit won't rip. Lunch at your favorite cafe? Brunch with the girls? These stylish ensembles will give you the confidence you need to look and feel your best. Or if you're getting arrested for possession, it comes with a built-in police stick-proof body armor. Keep swinging, pigs! Call now, and your order will come with a complimentary ounce of that dankest bubblegum slurricane that the South has to offer. Don't forget the wall tapestry! If you need to cover your wall, it works! Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. Hi. I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ, what are you, fucking Asian dick crazy? <laughs> you. Why do you have to ruin my evening? Like, I, I'm just going to just listen, you know, listen to my bud do their show. And you, you got to, you just got to do that. Without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No! No! <laughs> Dude, Asian uh, come Dick on, Tracy. I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover in, in Argentina. 
but it's now working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I oh, hate come on. You secretly love it. No, no. I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, so... Subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Feeling depressed? Need someone to tell you it's not okay? Do you like goth public access TV? Then join me for The Big Empty every Sunday at noon. Major underscore Tom on DLive with zeros for O's because everything in your life is that difficult. There's a place that we can go to watch old things. All the warm, fuzzy member berries it brings. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. Can't be old movies and old cartoons. We hope to see you over there very soon. It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. When we were kids and there wasn't any school We'd sit and watch all the best cartoons Eating cereal until it was noon We never thought that 30 years later It'd still be cool Saturday night and cheesy movies The ones that used to show us boobies It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessy. Enjoy the joy of Pessy. Enjoy the joy of Pessy. This Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say. And people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right around this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie pumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Thanks for sticking around, everyone. Second half of the show. It is the Daily Boogie Podcast on a Wednesday night. Hope you took your little toilet breaks, ladies and gentlemen. So much to get through. Don't forget, follow all of our friends that you saw there, Rational Times. Uh, just a quick plug, Irrational Times, by the way, is doing a special broadcast 8pm Friday. So directly after the uh, Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen, at 8pm, <coughs> Irrational Times will be hosting the match to end all matches, the trivia to end all trivias, to decide who is the undisputed king of the universe in regards to... Saved by the Bell trivia. This is something that philosophers and peasants alike have been arguing over since the dawn of time. 
You have the incredibly talented Adonis Paul, who I fucking love. He's amazing. If you're not following Adonis Paul, by the way, you should on DLive. I think it's DLive.tv slash Adonis Paul. That guy, that guy is so good at hosting, it intimidates me. <laughs> he does an incredible show. And you've also got everybody's favorite Pakistani, Mexican, Cuban, uh, Puerto Rican, Royce Lopez, ladies and gentlemen. And those two are going head-to-head on Irrational Times' channel to to do Saved by the Bell trivia at 8 p.m. on a Friday night. So uh, I'll remind everyone after the show on Friday, I'll get out of their way. We'll finish on time at 8 p.m. And I'll, I'll be going over there and watching it because I need to see this. Who's going to win? Who is going to win the day? Who knows more about Saved by the Bell? between Adonis Paul and Royce Lopez. So looking forward to that. So follow Irrational Times. I hope I don't know if Irrational Times will be broadcasting on DLive or not, but you can definitely follow him on YouTube. And Irrational Times, for those who aren't aware, uh, pretty much all of the music that you heard in that ad roll was done by Irrational Times. The Pessy song um, and the Daily Boogie song, of course, and, of course, the Irrational Times song at the start of the, at the ad roll. So <clears throat> Friday night, 8 p.m. Irrational Times, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's get back into it here. We watched the we watched the clip the other day. I think it was Monday. Of course it was Monday because I wasn't on yesterday. And do you remember the person from the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League? They came out and said that during this pandemic, during the lockdowns and stuff, there has been a rise in anti-Semitism. Do you remember that? I remember that because I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? So... <laughs> There has been a rise in anti-Semitism during the pandemic, apparently. And this is, of course, cause for concern. As you all know, here on this show, ladies and gentlemen, we are very pro-anti-racism. We are very pro-anti-discrimination. We are very anti-discrimination. When To be anti-discrimination isn't good enough, I don't think. You need to be pro-anti-discrimination, if you follow me. You need to go above and beyond. It's not good enough to tolerate people. I've never thought that. Tolerate is a horrible, horrible word. You need to love. You need to celebrate to prove that you aren't a racist, to prove that you're not anti-Semitic, to prove that you're not against various groups and various peoples. I want to see you groveling for their acceptance, like we do here on this show, because we hate hate and we love love. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, first of all, I want to bring you this quick story who was sent through by Amber Lena uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I never got a chance to get to it. Montana County demands people wear government-issued armbands to do business. I guess we're taking that zero-tolerance approach, huh? <laughs> Montana. Sweet, back, sweet, you know, chilled, calm, countryside Montana. <clears throat> In, one, in what might be one of the most over-the-top and draconian responses to coronavirus yet seen in Montana, Valley County is mandating that people wear government-issued pink armbands in order to, in under, pardon me, in under to port, in order, I should say, to purchase products inside of stores. Yeah. <laughs> it's about time we took a zero-tolerance approach to these people who think that they can just flout the social distancing rules, huh? The measure enforced by the Valley County Health Department insists that store owners keep customers out unless they have pink armbands. (laughs) (laughs) 
love this. I love this so much. I, I will never get sick of covering the stupid in the world. Sometimes people get in touch with me and they're like, oh, why are you so negative all the time? Why, do you, why are you so black-pilled? Why are you so pessimistic? And it's like, come on, man, read, look at this stuff. <laughs> what, have you, what have you got to look forward to? <laughs> Once you accept that the world is filled to the brim with incredibly stupid people, then like once you lose hope, you can be free. You know what I mean? If you cling to this hope that one day everybody's going to be awake and educated and understand how the world works, if you're clinging to this idea, then I'm sorry, you're always going to be disappointed. Me, on the other hand, I don't cling to hope. I don't cling to the idea that one day everybody's going to be educated and understand the issues and know what we're doing and how the world works. I don't think that's ever going to happen. So I'm a very happy person. <laughs> I sleep well at night knowing that I, I, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can change. There's an old, there's an old fucking, God, I think, it was, I think it's, I forget the name of the philosopher, an old um, Christian philosopher from like the Roman times who said something like, um, give me, give me the, God, give me the strength or give me the insight to uh, change the things I can, ignore the things I can't change and the discernment to know the difference. Right? Ages from, Wisdom through the ages. Oh, one day, I have hope that one day everybody's going to be awake and everybody's going to know that we're all getting screwed and everybody's going to know. Oh, pardon me, I didn't have my alerts on. Ambelina, thank you for the diamond, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for the, thanks for coming back. Well, thanks for being here, Ambelina. Thank you so much for the diamond. Desert Cat said, I lose followers every time I retweet this show. Well, that's to be expected. I'm sorry, I can't do anything about that. <laughs> it's quality, not quantity. Pardon me. So if you, the longer that you cling to this hope, the serenity prayer. Thank you, Kitty B. The longer that you cling to this hope, the, the more disappointed you'll be for longer. I've often referred to Fight Club as being the world's most quotable novel. Here's another one for you. It's only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. The measure enforced by the Valley County Health Department insists that store owners keep customers out unless they have the pink armbands, which denote the customer has been in the area more than 14 days and submitted to quarantine protocol. <laughs> According to the flyer produced by the Valley County Health Department, I told you, if you get these health, if you get these bureaucrats and public servants who uh, get a chance to just write rules, they will write rules. If you give public servants an opportunity to come up with regulations, they're never going to vote on the side of giving you more freedom. It's not in their nature. Someone mentioned Plato earlier. Think about the nature of things. We've talked about this before. Never expect a general to advocate for less war. He's a general. He wants to go to war. He, his whole reason for existing is war. So it's, you're never going to see a general get on TV and say, I think we should stop fighting wars. That's not what they're there to do. A doctor, don't be surprised when the doctors come out and say, we need to lock everybody up in their homes for the next two years because we don't want anybody to get sick. Of course a doctor's going to say that because a doctor is obsessed with, you know, trying to stop people getting sick. That's what they're there to do. Same thing with public servants and bureaucrats. Their whole, their, their nature, their reason for existing philosophically is regulation. 
to come up with protocols and regulation and enforcements and follow rules and come up with rules. That's why they're there. They think they're there because they're working for the government to make the health system better, but that's not true. That's like white noise that bubbles on the top of their existence. Their, their true core existence, their true core nature for being is to come up with rules and enforce them. That's why they're there. So don't be surprised because they're never going to go towards more freedom. They're only ever going to go towards more regulation because that's what they exist for. The health department even issued a script to warn customers to flee, saying you are violating our governor's and Valley County's uh, health officer's orders. I am happy to shop for you with curbside delivery. I will get the items for you and bring them to your car. If you don't cooperate, you will force me to call law enforcement. (laughs) We have empowered a society of Karens. Isn't it fantastic? So, like I said, that's one aspect. So, it seems the Montana County Health Department, uh, they're not like us. They don't believe in non-discrimination. They, in fact, they are pro-discrimination, so we are anti-them because we're anti-pro-discrimination, as you can see. I came across this story a couple of days ago, and I thought I must share it. This is fantastic. This is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. This is the pro-anti-discrimination that I think we all need to get on board with. U.S. will push countries to love their Jews more. (laughs) Anti-Semitism Monitor says. Uh, This guy is Elian Carr. He is the anti-Semitism monitor for the United States government appointed by President Trump. Elian, Elian Carr says Washington will work with allies on, quote, developing and driving philo Semitic narratives for their country. Now, if you don't know what philo Semitic means, it means... Um, the being a non-Jewish uh, pro-Jew, basically. So it's the opposite of anti-Semitic, right? It's going out of your way to promote Judaism, promote Jewish people, to celebrate Jewish history, to celebrate uh, Jewish culture, right? That's philo-Semitic. I think because people like to, t- people often take me the wrong way. Um, people th- think that I'm a lot more sarcastic than I actually am. I don't know where they get that idea honestly. So um, I think just to be safe, just to cover this in a respectful way and in an appropriate fashion, I will turn to the timeless wisdom of Million Dollar Extreme, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Hyde and the other MDA guys to give us the appropriate backdrop to this very, very important story and this very important issue. Jews rock. I love Jews. Okay. Now you know we're being serious. Elon Carr, the State Department's anti-Semitism monitor, wants to get people in other countries to love their Jews more as a means of countering anti-Semitism, ladies and gentlemen. In a press call Monday to mark Jewish American Heritage Month, a month? It's not good enough. Should be 12 months. Should be, should be Jewish American Heritage Year. It starts on the 1st of January and then it ends on the 31st of December. I think that would be appropriate. I mean, if the goal is to get people to love Jews more, which is a, a fine um, 
you know, goal to strive for, then let's get serious about it, can we? Uh, to get people in other countries to love their Jews more as a means of countering anti-Semitism. In a press call Monday to mark Jewish American Heritage Month, Carr outlined steps the United States was taking worldwide to advocate for defending Jews as violent anti-Semitism spikes, including security measures, prosecuting hate crimes, and condemning anti-Semitic speech. Gotta condemn that speech. We need more speech like this, not more speech like that. Quote, In addition to all of those important defence measures, we are determined also to work with our allies in developing and driving philo-Semitic narratives for their country. We need narratives. We need people in other countries. This needs to be led by the US of A. Thank you, uh, United States, for exporting good speech, by the way. We appreciate it. Down here in Australia, as one of your, as one of your allies... And obviously the target of this uh, narrative building exercise to promote, um, you know, philo-Semitic narratives. I can say thank you so much. Can we, thank you, sir. May I have another? I love Jews. In addition to all of those important defence measures, uh, blah, blah, blah. In the hope that we can reach the day, <clears throat> this is a quote, in the hope that we can reach the day when every society dedicates itself, dedicates <laughs> as the United States has, to embrace and to treasure its Jewish community. You need to be dedicated to embracing and treasuring and celebrating the Jewish community, ladies and gentlemen. The article continues. He did not outline what shape the philo-Semitic narratives would take or how the State Department would drive them. By the way, this guy is employed by the State Department. This is a this is a program from the United States State Department to spread uh, pro-Jewish narratives around the world. And the goal being that one day every nation on earth will dedicate itself to celebrating Jewish people. Ben K. Veritas in the chat, thank you for the diamond, Says just says, why? Uh, that sounds like anti-Semitism to me, Ben. Can somebody please uh, mute Ben for five minutes for being anti-Semitic in the chat? We're not accepting that here today. We're only being uh, pro-Jew today. Sorry. Sorry, bro. <laughs> don't, don't mute him. But I, hopefully you've learned your lesson. We cannot promote this kind of anti-Semitic hate speech. Quote, the opposite of anti-Semitism is not tolerance, Carr said. The opposite of anti-Semitism is philo-Semitism. The appreciation, respect, and affection for Jewish values and the Jewish community. Jewish values, ladies and gentlemen. You need to celebrate Jewish values. Otherwise, you're an anti-Semitic. Jewish American Heritage Month is an important vehicle for driving that critical philo-Semitic narrative, ladies and gentlemen. The State Department, the United States government State Department, doing their doing important work. Carr listed uh, Jewish American luminaries worth promoting, including composers 
Irving Berlin, Leonard Bernstein, scientists Jonas Salk and Albert Einstein, and Supreme Court Justices uh, Louis Brandes and Benjamin Cardozo. Carr also addressed the spike in anti-Semitic narratives that blame Jews for the coronavirus pandemic. I have not heard that. (laughs) I don't know where that came from. But there it is again. We've actually brought together various authorities. Has anybody blamed Jewish people for coronavirus? When did that happen? I must have missed that. I'm not surprised because I'm not a racist, so I'm not looking for anti-Semitic material. We celebrate Jews. Uh, we don't tolerate our Jews. We celebrate them. I love Jews. We've actually brought together various authorities. This is another quote from Elon Carr that work in this area, in governments, ours and others, and in the private sector or for profit, but also NGOs that specifically address internet hate speech, ladies and gentlemen. Yes! The State Department of the United States, the guy appointed by President Donald Trump to the State Department specifically to hunt down and eradicate hate speech, anti-Semitic hate speech on the internet, ladies and gentlemen, is now working with their allies to make sure that these programs get rolled out across the world. It's about time, don't you think? I couldn't be happier. I've been waiting for this for a long time. He went on to say, and we're bringing together these authorities specifically for the purpose of producing a framework to address this. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Elon Carr, huh? Jews are MAGA. Jews are everything. Where would we be without them? Uh, So congratulations, Elon Carr. It's about time. It's about damn time. Free speech is dangerous. So we need to make sure that it's monitored very carefully. And who better to monitor free speech online than the US State Department, ladies and gentlemen? And who better to promote uh, philo-Semitic narratives in other countries to, again, quote, so working towards the goal that so we can, quote, hope that we can reach the day when every society dedicates itself, as the United States has, to embrace and to treasure its Jewish community. The opposite of anti-Semitism is not tolerance. The opposite of anti-Semitism is philo-Semitism. The appreciation, respect, and affection for Jewish values and the Jewish community, Jewish American Heritage Month is an important vehicle for driving that critical philo-Semitic narrative, ladies and gentlemen. So, I hope you all learned something. I hope you're all prepared to promote Jewish values. It's not good enough to tolerate people. Toleration is not the opposite of anti-Semitism. Only celebrating Jewish values, adoring Jewish values, dedicating yourself to promoting Jewish values in other con- in every country on earth. All the countries. Dedication, promotion, celebration.
That's how you fight anti-Semitism. Don't forget monitoring speech online because we've got to nip that in the bud. Got to nip those naysayers in the bud as quickly as we can. Monitoring hate speech online and promoting narratives in every country on earth that we need to promote, celebrate, and dedicate our countries. Dedication. That's across the board. We need to dedicate our countries to promoting Jewish values. That's the only way we're going to fight anti-Semitism. Thank you. Thank you, Elon Carr. Thank you, President Donald Trump, for this amazing, amazing inspired promotion. For this amazing appointment, you've done the best, the best possible thing that can be done. And thank you so much to the State Department of the US. It's about time somebody took this issue seriously. I couldn't be happier. Speaking of elections, the good people of Salon. It's been a while since we've done a little Salon read, so let's tap in, shall we? The 2020 election was already a mess. After the Biden scandal, it's a raging garbage fire. (laughs) It really is quite something. See, I'm just... People sometimes say, why do you care so much about American politics? Well, to that I say, well, if you don't want to be the most powerful country on earth, then I guess, you know, change that. Because what you do affects every other country on earth. So I'm, I'm terribly sorry, but people in other countries are always going to pay attention to what happens in the United States. You can't on one hand say, we're the biggest, we're the baddest, we're the best on earth, and then go, why are they talking about me? <laughs> you can't have both things. Winning TV with a diamond says, yay, we are all Jews now. Halaka something, the thin. Thank you. (laughs) We are. We are all Jews now. In name only, in theory. If we were to say we were all Jews, that would be anti-Semitic because, as you know, it's a very cherished thing that can only come from the mother. It's passed down, right? You can't just say that you're Jewish. It doesn't work that way. There's no, you can't convert. People say you can convert to Judaism, but then the real Jews say that that's not possible. So I don't know. You decide. All I know is we need to dedicate ourselves to promoting Jewish culture. We need to dedicate our countries 100% of the time to promoting Jewish values, promoting Jewish people. And promoting isn't even good enough. Celebrating those values and celebrating those people. I'm moved by it, to be honest. I can't wait. So uh, 2020 is a raging dumpster fire. And like I said, you can't have it both ways. You can't say we're the biggest, we're the baddest kid in town. And then when other people talk about you, say, why are you talking about me? It's Well, it's okay. Then don't be the fucking big fucking cool guy. Don't be the, the quarterback, right? Don't be the star quarterback in the high school football team then. Fucking go away. If you don't want everybody talking about you, then stop doing things. Sorry. <laughs> go back and lose World War II. We have to pay attention. You don't have to pay attention to us because what we do doesn't matter to you. But we have to pay attention to you because what you do matters to us. Do you see how this works? Too bad. So sad. So, but I'm a political junkie as it is anyway. So I've always watched like politics and campaigns and elections and stuff in all countries. I love it because I'm a very bitter and twisted young man. So I watch the UK's election, I watch uh, I watch Canada's election, I watch New Zealand, I watch mine, obviously I watch the United States. The United States is like the major leagues. <clears throat> so I've always kept a very close eye on what happens over there. 
So this election particularly, like 2016 is going to be nothing compared to this. Joe Biden is off his fucking rocker. That man is an unhinged fucking lunatic (laughs) versus Donald Trump. Potentially the most entertaining politician of the last fucking 50 years. This is going to be amazing. Just as like a spectator sport aspect, without even getting without even getting involved in like who you think the better candidate is, just the spectacle alone is going to be special. And I can't wait. The good people at Salon though, they think otherwise. They think uh, they think differently. They think it's going to be a dumpster fire. <laughs> and I hope they're right. <laughs> because fucking why not? Stop me if you've heard this one before. A Democratic nominee with a long career in public life who sparks little enthusiasm and a growing sense of unease heads into the general election against an odious, ignorant, abusive troll. (laughs) I love the saltiness. Who has no business holding any elective office except for the fact that he won an election, I guess. We'll just ignore that. That was the Russians. (laughs) But has an unquestioned talent in manipulating the media. You're part of the media salon. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. You're you're now doing it too. You see. You see how the, you see how easy this is. <laughs> the Democrat holds a lead in the polls, but only a modest marginal one, considering the stark contrast. They haven't they haven't even come head to head yet. They haven't debated yet. The Democrat holds a lead in the polls, but only a modest marginal one, considering the stark contrast between them in terms of experience and temperament. Sane people, we are told, including moderates and conservatives. Uh, what, there are no moderate conservatives? Used to me. Will surely reject the racism, vulgari- vulgarity, and nihilism of the troll and his followers. <laughs> Why do you think that? Why would anybody think <laughs> that people will reject the racism? If like, I don't even agree that there really is racism for the most part. It's like the same, the thing that we did in 2016 will surely work this time. This time, four years later, the same programming will work. But then the Democrat is enmeshed in a scandal that sparks enormous ugliness and name calling and conspiracy theory. It's conspiracy theory, by the way. But it serves to muddy the contrast between a Democrat and the troll which was perhaps never as clear as one might have wished and also preys on not quite buried public doubts and anxieties about the Democrats' personal integrity and ambiguous political record, ladies and gentlemen. So the good people of Salon are very, very salty indeed. But just the idea that this should be a a raging dumpster fire just reminded me of what was probably the greatest campaign ad of all time, which was back in 2016 by a guy named Richard Painter. And we had to, we have to go, we have to do a little flashback here. Probably the greatest campaign ad ever done. Richard Painter. In regards to dumpster fires, in regards to garbage fires, some of you are going to remember this. Some of you are seeing this one for the first time. It is absolutely 100% worth it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the dumpster fire of 2016 is now the dumpster fire of 2020. Let's have a look. Let's go back in the Wayback Machine and see just how good political campaigning can be. Some people see a dumpster fire and do nothing but watch the spectacle. <laughs> That's Some are me. too scared. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. I just watch the spectacle, bro. I love it. I will happily throw more fuel on the dumpster fire when I see one raging. 
I'm the kind of guy to see a dumpster fire raging, to throw, you know, aviation fuel directly on the fire and then step back into the crowd and say, I don't know why this thing is so, I don't know why this fire is still burning. Are you, do you know why this is burning? Why, why is this happening? I don't know. I've got no idea. And then just kick back and have a cigarette and enjoy the show. Because that's the kind of guy I am. I love it. <laughs> Some people see a dumpster fire and other people let it keep raging. I love this guy. I hope he runs again. Some people see a dumpster fire and do nothing but watch the spectacle. Some are too scared to face the danger. <laughs> or they think it will benefit them if they just let it keep on burning. It will benefit me. Others shrug and say, Oh, all this talk of a dumpster fire, it's just fake news. Fake news. There is an inferno raging in Washington. <laughs> but here in the land of 10,000 lakes, we know how to put out a fire. Hell yeah. I am Richard Painter, and I approve of this message. <laughs> Arguably my, my most favorite campaign ad of all time. So serious. <laughs> we know how to put out a dumpster fire. Richard Payne, who, by the way, now works for CNN as a commentator. Believe it or not, I know it sounds amazing, right? Uh, let's watch this clip from MSNBC. Haven't been doing much politics lately, but uh, the election is starting to wind up. It's starting to kick into gear. It will really kick off in the next couple of months or so. <clears throat> Uh, Ludwig in the chat saying he's Jewish. Well, then we need to celebrate him. Then we need to celebrate. We need to dedicate ourselves to celebrating his heritage, his culture, and saying what an amazing ad it was, right? Because philo-Semitic narratives are the only way to counter anti-Semitism. So, ladies and gentlemen, if we could just take a moment to celebrate Richard Painter for being an absolute political genius, for having tremendous values, and being just all around a great human being. Richard Painter, ladies and gentlemen. Jews rock! I love Jews! Some people see a dumpster fire and do nothing but watch this battle. Some are too scared to face the danger. Or they think it will benefit them if they just let it keep on burning. Others shrug and say, Celebrate. Celebrate Richard Painter. All right, where were we? Oh, yeah. So I wanted to play this little clip from MSNBC as the gall of this is fucking incredible. I only watched like the first few seconds of it and I was like, oh, I know. I know what's coming here. And I've had this in the queue for like a week and a half and just haven't had a chance to get to it. So when you think of Joe Biden, right, For let's... Strip away all of your like personal ideology. Strip away any um, personal issues that you have. Strip away any policy concerns that you have with either candidate. Let's start with like base fundamentals. When you think of Joe Biden, what do you think of? What's the first thing that pops into your head, like as an objective thing? 
I would say, based on like recent reporting, I would say dottery, right? Confused, dottering, confusing, old. Okay. So, well, you know, and uh, listen here, Jack, and uh, you know, I would like to go in the in the pool, and the kids would, uh, you know, rub my legs in the pool and uh, uh, make the hair go the other way, and uh, you know, I really like the kids uh, sitting in my lap. And, uh, you know, you've got to have uh, intercourse with the economy and, and uh, 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 you, you know what I mean? That's what comes to mind. So what do you do in the media? Well, you try to take, you try to make your opponent's str- uh, strength a weakness, right? And we've, we've spoken about it so much. To accuse the other person of what you're doing <laughs> is very powerful it's more powerful than accusing them of something else because it makes the other person look crazy when they say, I'm not the one doing that. You're doing that. And then they sit back and go, Oh yeah, sure. Right. Whatever, man. Well, I'm the one doing it. Whatever. Right. They've been doing this same routine for years and years and years and years and years. Accuse the other guy of what you're doing. So have a look at this MSNBC. They're very slow learners. MSNBC doing it accusing the other guy of what they're doing because they've got to support Joe Biden. Joe Biden is the safe corporate candidate for the Democrats. They did not want Bernie Sanders. If you're somebody that thought like, um, now, if you think Nancy Pelosi is like a communist, I'm sorry, you, you're wrong. Nancy Pelosi, the top of the Democrat party is very pro big business. They are very pro establishment. They're very pro-corporation, right? The Bernie Sanders types of the world represent an existential threat to the Democrat Party, their own internal civil war. If Bernie Sanders had won the nomination, all of the big money donors in New York and California dry up. There's a reason why Joe Biden is there. They would rather Joe Biden lose the presidential election but continue taking donations and protect down-ballot senators in other seats, right? Because remember in the midterms, there was a whole bunch of uh, Democrat senators who were up for re-election. This time it's reversed. Now there's more Republican senators up for re-election. So they want to keep the money coming in with the safe corporate candidate that Joe Biden is. He's not going to upturn the system. He's not going to be a revolutionary. He's not going to run on like changing big things. So they can he's safe enough to get donations. And then they're going to try and rally the cause for the senators down the ballot in the various states. Just my opinion. It makes sense to me. So they'd rather have that than a Bernie Sanders. But <laughs> there's a there's a there's a trade-off, right? Because with Joe Biden, you get the I love touching little boys' uh, legs and corn pop and kids sit in my lap and can I smell your hair and all of that kind of stuff. That all goes along with it. So the safe corporate media, ladies and gentlemen, is going to protect the safe corporate candidate. When we're talking about the corporate media, we're talking about the likes of MSNBC, of course. So how do you try to spin this around? Well, you say that the other guy is the one that's doing all the things that Biden is doing and not Joe Biden. Have a look at this. Sad. He, he, he's he's in a he's in a complete meltdown and uh, Donald Trump is in a complete meltdown. Uh, a complete meltdown mode, Willie. Uh, threatening at one point, I think he was threatening to sue 
uh, his campaign manager, yes. who, of Parscale. course, a, Act, lot, a lot, lot of people have claimed that Parscal has actually used his position to enrich himself. It's causing a, a lot of concerns. And maybe they think he's more focused on getting rich than actually helping Donald Trump. Everyone in politics uses their position to enrich themselves, though. <laughs> I love it when they play this game. Oh, somebody working for Donald Trump is making money working for Donald Trump. Oh, fuck, pardon me. Let's have a look at all of the politicians who went into politics with this amount and came out with 10 times as much. All of them. They all make money. People who work for the politicians, they all make money. <laughs> Just laughable. But It works on idiots, though. But the numbers, and we're going to show the polls in a second, man. The numbers are horrific in the swing states. Horrific. They're even bad in Texas. They're bad in North Carolina. They're He's losing Texas. He's losing North Carolina. Bad all across the United States. And Donald Trump, of course, is not going to blame himself because of how badly he's doing in these afternoon briefings because <laughs> he stumbles over words. Sometimes he seems to fall asleep in the middle of meetings. He's... <laughs> Now I've made I've made fun of the way Donald Trump speaks myself before. Right? <laughs> but <laughs> Are you really comparing it to Joe Biden? <laughs> Joe Biden, he's so good in front of the camera. He he speaks so articulately. He speaks with such confidence. Uh, let's. There's got to be a short video here. Okay, uh, let's have a listen to the competitor Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen. Excuse me, I got to get this right. And why should the voters believe that you can win the national election? I was a Democratic caucus. I was a Democratic caucus. caucus. No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. You're <laughs> a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that? No yes, I did. man has a right to raise a hand to a woman in anger. And so we have to just change the culture, period, and keep punching at it and punching at it and punching at it. <laughs> that's, that's probably my favorite one that nobody ever plays. <laughs> I'm going to play that one more time. No man has a right to raise a hand to a woman in anger. We have to change the culture and keep punching at it, keep punching at it. <laughs> That's the best. And to a woman in anger. And so we have to just change the yeah. culture, period, and keep punching at it and punching at it and punching at it. You want to check my shape, Let's do push-ups together, man. Let's do, let's run. Let's do whatever you want. Listen here, fat. It is important that I and Nevada have spoken, but look. Get your work straight, Jack. Jack. I'm Jill Biden's husband. I work for Cedric Richmond. <laughs> so we're going to compare Trump, who does speak in like a stream of consciousness way of communicating, right? Who can jump around. He does make it easy for people to like clip his his words together. I I, I, I tend to speak that way get myself. Your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, your only friend. I tend to speak that way a little bit myself. Like I get off track mid-sentence, you know what I mean? So I'm not going to impugn the guy for doing that. It doesn't bother me. Like I do, It's not difficult to follow the way he talks. But we're comparing it to fucking Joe Biden now. 
and say, oh, Donald Trump, you, you can barely understand the guy. It's like, hang on. <laughs> you, he's going up against the guy who tells stories about little kids rubbing his blonde leg hair on the campaign trail. How the hell? What balls? Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the gifted subwitting TV. Afternoon briefings because he stumbles over words. Sometimes <laughs> he seems to fall asleep in the middle of meetings. He seems to be, uh, you know, people have been talking about his cognitive decline for some time and how it might impact us in a crisis. Now, of course, worries that. Cognitive decline. You know, people have, I, I get to do my Joe Scarborough now. You know, Mika, a lot of people have been talking about his cognitive decline for some time. <laughs> it's a two-horse race, Joe. <laughs> and again, without getting into like any kind of semantics, any kind of discussion about it, I would think that the Trump supporters would be more than happy to put the cognitive decline of their candidate up against the cognitive decline of fucking Joe Biden, don't you? Seriously. <laughs> what a comparison to make. What gall. <laughs> Never mind about the cognitive decline of Joe Biden. How about this guy? It's far worse. Jesus. A cognitive decline or they're starting to catch up with him and yep. we're starting to pay. But my gosh, Americans are noticing and the poll numbers are just collapsing. So, so, Joe, so vote for Joe Biden then. <laughs> See, they're not dumb, though. They don't actually come out and say, so vote for the alternative, which is Joe Biden, because they know if they mention Joe Biden's name in this clip, then people will associate the two. They, they don't want you to compare Trump to Biden because they know Trump will trounce Biden in the, you know, the cognitive um, capability stakes. In the cognitive ability stakes, Trump trounces Biden. Biden is a drooling fucking lunatic who's just completely incoherent. You don't know what the hell he's talking about or why he's talking at all most of the time. So they're very careful not to mention Joe Biden's name. They just want you to they just want to impart on the audience Donald Trump is incoherent. Donald Trump dribbles nonsense. Donald Trump cannot be followed. He can barely speak. So you shouldn't vote for him. Well, what are our options? Don't worry about that. Don't worry about the options. Just vote for the other guy. Who's the other guy? Cut to commercial. <laughs> Cut to commercial. Just vote for the Democrat. Vote for the Democrat. Who's the Democrat? Is it Joe? Uh, uh, uh. I'm sorry, we've dropped our satellite feed. They are collapsing, and the reason the president blew up, as reported by Jonathan Lemire, who we'll talk to in a second, NBC News as well, is because his campaign team brought him a dose of reality. They said if the election were held today, you would lose, sir, the Electoral College. You are losing all these battleground states, and that set him off. He didn't want to hear that. And reportedly, Pascal, when this week and yesterday he came to the White House, he brought with him rosier polls so the president wouldn't be upset. <laughs> okay, there it is. Ah, well, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of tonight's edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. No Nightwave tonight, which is very unfortunate. Mersh is taking one Wednesday off for the last two months at Lazy Bones. Fuck him. <laughs> what the fuck am I going to do in two hours? I don't know. I guess I'll just have to get drunk. 
I'll just have to get drunk and play video games. Oh, how awful it's going to be. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, on this edition of The Daily Boogie. It's an absolute pleasure. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to tell me that I dribble incoherent nonsense and shouldn't run for high office, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper, ladies and gentlemen. Just one more quick reminder, because this is the last chance I'll have to tell you about this. <clears throat> Friday morning, this competition will, the entries will close Friday morning. So if you want to win the Daily Boogie Glass Dildo, you have to, before the start of the show, it'll be before, before the start of the show. So sometime Friday morning. I will close the entries. I'll put it out on Twitter and say, that's it. No more can, no more people can enter now. If you want a chance at winning the 1,000 follower celebration, glass, authentic, one-of-a-kind daily boogie dildo, ladies and gentlemen, you have to be a subscriber on the DLive channel, become a booger, sign up for a subscription, even if it's only one month, it doesn't matter, and then reply to this tweet, which is pinned on my timeline with your DLive name, and you will go into the draw, which will be on Friday night, and I'll do it. I'll do it early in the show. I'm not going to tease it out right till the end, <clears throat> so people can, you know, they don't have to sit around for half an hour waiting for the draw. I'll do it first thing on Friday night when we start the show. The draw for the Daily Boogie Glass Dildo, ladies and gentlemen, will take place. Uh, can the dildo be sent to Texas? Just asking. Winning TV. It'll be sent to whoever wins it. So whoever wins it, they will uh, get in touch with Ian, the glass guy. Give him your details because I don't want to know where you live. I don't want to know your name. I don't want to know your phone number. I don't want to know your address because you want a Daily Boogie dildo. I don't want to know you. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely. That's called plausible deniability. So if you win the Daily Boogie dildo, I'll put you in touch with the guy who makes it. He'll ship it out to you. Uh, people have got stuff from him before. He's very reliable. Don't worry. It's a professional guy. So... <clears throat> far far more professional than I am. So if you want to get in, become a booger, get a subscription on the DLive channel, reply to this tweet, which is pinned on my timeline, at Boogie Bumper, and you will go into the draw Friday night to win the authentic one-of-a-kind 1,000-follower 1, celebration glass dildo, ladies and gentlemen. Kitty B is on it with the, with the links in the chat. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, don't forget to follow our friends, ladies and gentlemen. Irrational Times, remember... Friday night Irrational Times directly after the Daily Boogie Friday night edition at 8pm Irrational Times will be hosting Royce Lopez and the uh, amazing Adonis Paul for who will become the universal champion of Save by the Bell trivia. I'm very much looking forward to it. I don't know who to bet on yet. We might start a little pool, see who we think will win. Um, so follow Irrational Times. JJ Stoner who apparently had a great show today. That's what I'll do. I'll watch JJ Stoner's replay when I'm done here. There you go. Follow the great JJ Stoner. Joy of Pessy, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, don't forget to follow our other friends, Kimmy, Why Censored. Uh, you've got Winning TV, who was in the chat. Thank you so much. Mr. America, the Beard of Truth. UK Neil, who's already got his Daily Boogie shirt. And anyone else I might have forgotten. Tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Royce Lopez, Daywave. Midday, JJ Stoner. At 4 p.m., Revenge of the Sis. 6 p.m., there's no Daily Boogie until Friday night. But then Friday night, we'll be back at 6 p.m. on this program to do it all over again so thank you to everyone who contributed on DLive thank you to the Patreon subscribers thank you for sharing the show out until next time ladies and gentlemen stay calm stay rational God bless and we'll see you soon bye bye bye